Okay, we're learning Suvis Daf Yud Tes, and we're starting from Yud Testament Aleph uh, by the Gufa. Gufa is about 10 lines down. And just to reiterate what it is that we're talking about, we're talking about the concept of Pesha Asar. Pesha Asar, who Pesha Hitir, the concept is that when a person comes from, uh, from their own volition and just starts supplying information, so even if they start saying something which would seem not to be good, but then if they also add something which makes it good, so then we believe both parts. So we're talking about different examples in the parak, but the specific example that our previous mission had been talking about is where you had an unauthenticated star, a star, a loan document where there was no verification that the witnesses who had, who were, who had, who had signed on the, on the star, that they were accurate signatures. You know, we didn't know, maybe it was a forgery. We always need determination that the signatures are valid. So two witnesses came in, and they testified that these are actually our signatures, but they also added that the loan was not a good loan. You know, they said that we were, uh, we were compelled to sign under first, for false circumstances, and it was never really a loan. So if we didn't, well, the only way we know that the, that the star is valid is because of their testimony. Without that, we wouldn't know if the signatures were accurate or not. So since we only know based upon their words, so we believe as well, uh, we believe as well that, they, that the loan was not good. That was the basic concept that we spoke about. But then the Gemara, right at the end of the yesterday, um, ended up getting into a little bit of another discussion, and that's what we're going to look at today. Uh, was Machlokasin Rameir and the Chacham Gufa. If the, if the debtor here, the Love, the one who borrowed the money, if he himself concedes, he admits that he was the one who made the document, meaning he, he admits that it's not a forgery. We didn't, we didn't get any authentication on the signatures necessarily, but the Lova himself, the one who borrowed the money, he admits to that fact. He admits that, you know, I drafted this document. I'm the one who got those signatures. He admits that it's not a forgery. So then the creditor has no further need to get it certified. What do we mean he has no need to get it certified? The question would be, what if the debtor says, yes, it's true, all the signatures are correct. But on the other hand, he would want to make a claim and present and say, you know what? Maybe I actually already paid it back. Now, that's a tough claim to admit because the creditor is holding the document. He's holding the star. And normally when the creditor is holding the star, that itself is the biggest proof. That's the test. That's, that's the basis for him, for us to know that, the, the, that there's still an outstanding, outstanding debt. Because if not, you know, why in the world are you, uh, are, was the creditor holding the star? So the Shaila is, but here we only know that it's a good star because the Lova himself admitted to it. He was modish de Shar and that's the way that we know it's good. So maybe we should have to believe him also when he says that I paid it back. And, and Rav Huna Marav is saying that that's not true. That we wouldn't believe him, and therefore there's no reason for the creditors to go authenticate it. If we would have believed the Lova, then there would be a motivation, a need for the Malva to go get it certified by himself, so that then we to take away the Pasha Asar, to undermine the Pasha Asar of the Lova. But if we're saying that the Lova's Pasha Asar isn't really believed, if we're saying that if the Lova agrees that he drafted the document, then he's not going to be believed to say, he's not going to be believed to say that um, he paid back the money. So then, in such a situation, there's no need whatsoever for the Malva to go certify it himself. Now, what's the reason? Why is there no Pasha Asar for the Lova? So we spoke about different ideas here, but it seems that there's a lumdas going on that, that you can't say paraiti against a good star. Saying, I paid it back when the Malva is holding the star, that's a very difficult claim to say. So even with Pasha Asar, even though it's coming only because we know it was certified, through the Lova's own admission, it's such a difficult claim that I paid back when the creditor is holding, is holding it that we don't need to certify it without him. There's no Pasha Asa. 
So Amalei Rav Nachman Nachman said to Rav Huna, Ganuve Ganuve Lamalach. Why are you like stealing it? You know, why are you acting like a Ganav here? Saying this like it's your halach. If you held like Rav Meir, you should should have said explicitly the halach is like Rav Meir. So meaning to say, yesterday we saw it was Machlokas Tanam Rav Meir and the Rabbanon about this point. So why the Amaram like stealing it? Why don't they just say we pass on like Rav Meir? So Amalei Rav Huna said, Umar How do you hold? So meaning, what, what, what was the criticism? He was trying to understand. Are you critical of me because you disagree in the content and you think actually halacha is otherwise? Or do you agree with me in the law that, that, that there's no pasha also for the lova and therefore the creditor has no need to have it certified, but you're just saying, why did I word it that way and not, and not word it that the halacha is like Rameer? So Amalei, he said to Rav Huna, when, when they come in front of me to judgment, meaning if there's a creditor who comes in front of me and he has a document, and he comes to the base in Armin and Lahu, we advise them, Zilu go certify your documents, go prove that the signatures are correct, and then come to judgment. Because unless you're going to have your own verification, so then um, so then so then so then you're not necessarily going to be able to thwart the Lova's claim that he paid it back. Because if it's if it's an uncertified document, and the only way we'll, that we know that it's usable is if the Lova would agree, then we'd be forced forced to acknowledge his claim that maybe he paid back the loan. So we tell the creditors, what you should do is go certify it yourself and only then come to judgment. Therefore, we'd be able to push off any possible claim that the Lova will have. So we see that he actually disagrees. He holds that the Lova would be believed in his Pasha Asar if the Lova would, would, would be the only source that we know that the, that the Shtar is not forged, then the Lova would be believed to go on and say, I paid back, and therefore it's necessary uh, for the creditor to go certify it. So we end up saying that there is a dispute on this matter if Modeh Bishtar Shakaso Tsarach Lakaimo or not. Okay, so now the Gemara continues. And again, the, the idea that we've been looking at now, which was the tough thing, is that there, there definitely is a concept of Pesha Asar, but specifically it's difficult because the Lova is using it here to say, I paid back. Uh, I paid back the debt when the Malva, when the creditor is holding on to a document. So that's a really, really tough claim to believe. And that was the intricate, that was the complexity that we just saw in the dispute if Modebishtar Shakas or or not. So now we continue with another type of claim. We're halfway down on Yutes Amen Aleph. Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Rav. Rav Yehuda says in the name of Rav. Omer Shtar Somebody says, this is a document that was only written on trust. What does that mean? He's claiming that the loan never actually happened. What happened was, is that the borrower preempted the loan and he went hoping that there was going to be a loan. And if you want to go and you want to get a loan, so you, you already, you write the, the document in advance and you give it to the lender and to try to show him like everything is in place, right? Like literally all you have to do is, 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 is give me the money now because the star is already there. And he was trusting that the creditor would not use it for payment unless he would actually lend him the money. So it was a star of trust. The star of trust doesn't mean anything different about what's written inside of the document. Again, a star of trust is that the Lova had written it in advance, and then he gave it to the Malva before the Malva ever lent him money, and there was a trust that the Malva would never use it to collect unless the Malva would actually go ahead and lend the money. So what's happening here is that if somebody's claiming, when a document is pulled out, somebody's claiming, hey, this document is a document of trust, and therefore it's not used for collection, you're not believed. So the Gemara analyzes, who are we talking about? To call Marman, who is making this claim that, it's a, that the document is, is, not actual, is not for an actual loan? Maybe the Lova is saying it, right? So in other words, the Malva whips out a star, I'm ready to collect. The Lova says, no, 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 that's not a star to a real loan. That was a star that was just given to you in trust that you weren't going to use unless there was a loan and there never was a loan. Says the Gemara, of course he's not believed. Is it in his power? 
And what's the, what's the point of the Gemara? Rashi says that if witnesses signed, so then again, we look at it as Eidos. We, we, we see a document, we look at it as Eidos, that there was in fact a Hava. And, uh, and therefore, very, very clear, we should, we, we should in fact, we should in fact dismiss the, 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 the claim that the Lova is saying. Now, the question is, what if, what if though, the Lova has a Pesha Asra? The Gemara doesn't speak this out. What if the Lova is the only source that the, the signatures are authentic? What would be if the Lova says, I agree that the signatures are good, but by the way, it was a star of money. You weren't supposed to use it unless you lent the money and you never ended up doing it. So it would seem that we would reject the Pesha Asar. And the reason we, 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 we reject it is because, again, to taina against the star, when a lova is tining something against a star, the, the star is in the, in the possession of the creditor and he's coming to collect. And the lova could come up with all sorts of reasons to believe him. But you can't taina can I get a star. That's the point. A lova is discredited. We don't give him the, the ability to taina against the star. When we see a star in front of us, that's all made for collection, then there should not be a Pesha Asar. This would be the view here from Rav. Again, we, we were seeing a, a complex thing about this, whether you're Neman to say Paraiti, we just saw. Now we're talking about this in terms of in, in terms of saying it's a Sharamana. So the Gemara doesn't assume that the Lova should be believed. Says the Gemara, maybe you want to say that the case is that the lender admits. The lender admitted. So the Gemara says, of course he should be believed. He should be blessed. Right? What an honest guy. He's got the star and he's still admitting that he can't use it. Of course we should believe him. Why not? What does that mean he's not believed? Maybe the case is that we're talking about that the, that the witnesses who signed on it, they say that their signature is their signature, but they're also saying that the, the loan never happened yet and it was only given in trust. So says the Gemara, let's analyze. If their handwriting was already verified from another source, so they don't have a Pesha Asar, they're just coming out of the blue and saying, by the way, the loan document didn't happen. Of course, they're not believed. That's what we learned yesterday. Once there's no Pesha Asar, there's already an authentication on the signatures, then they can't retract their statements because it's like once you testify, you can't retract. Once, they, once we authenticate the signatures, then we know the loan document did take place. That's established to the court. Now the witnesses are going to say it actually didn't. They're not believed. So we cannot assume that the witnesses are telling us the truth if they come out of the blue and say it was Ishtar Amana. And if the case is that we don't have another source for their handwriting and we only know it from them, so they have a Pesha Asar. So then why should they be believed? If, if what's happening is in one testimony, they're verifying their signatures and then they go on to say that it was a Shtaramana. So they're not retracting their testimony because the, as we spoke out yesterday, this very important lambdas, that until the signatures are authenticated, we don't see that the Eidos is brought to the court. The Eidos is brought to the court. The document testifies only when the signatures are verified. So if in one breath they say, this is our signatures, but the loan document didn't, the loan didn't take place. It was just given in trust. So then uh, they're not retracting testimony. If they're not retracting testimony, they should be believed. There's no reason not to. So let's just break down what's going on. If the Lova was making the claim then the Gemara is saying we should reject it. And even if the Lova has some sort of Pesha Asar, we reject it because the Taina can get a star. You have a, the creditor has a star and he's ready to collect and you're saying it's not a good star. We would dismiss that. The Malva is saying it. Of course we should believe him. What a good guy. What an honest guy. Elamai, they aid him. But if it's the aid him, we don't understand. If they have a Pesha Asar, they should be believed. And if they, they don't have a Pesha Asar, then it's obvious that they're not believed. So we don't understand what the case of Yudah Amarav is that if somebody says it's a Shah Ramana, they're not believed. Where is it true when it is a novelty? So Amar Rava, the Gemara gives a bunch of answers here. First answer, Amar Rava, it's like, it's like the Lova was saying it. 
Uchol Rav Huna is telling us what was said before from Rav Huna. Rav Huna Marav, that if the Lova admitted that the Shtar was good, the Malva has no need to have it certified. Meaning, what does it mean he has no need to have it certified? The Lova, if he won't be able to go on to make other claims that he doesn't have to pay the money, he can't go on to say, I paid it back. Once the Lova admits that the Shtar is a good Shtar, you can't tie the can I get a Shtar. And that's the Yisoyed Lambdas here. The creditor has no need to independently verify it to take away the Lovish Pesach also because when the Lova makes a claim against the Shtar, it's not believed. And that's the novelty because somebody could say, hey, the Lova's got a Pesha Asar. If you only know the signatures were good from him, so you, why don't you, why don't you give, so, give him some credit to say he paid back the loan? Or in our case, to say that the loan didn't happen and which was given in trust. And that's what the novelty is that no, we don't apply just a Pesha, a Pesha Asar for the Lova. Once the Lova admits that the signatures are real, there's no Nehmanus Atayna that he has to say that the document is not valid. That's the novelty. Says the Gemara, the second approach of Maybe the case is that the Malva, the creditor, is admitting that it's no good. I, what was our question? Then of course he should be believed. He should be blessed for admitting the truth. Says the Gemara, the admission that the Malva has actually hurts other people. Why? The Malva owes other people money. And they're knocking on his door. He says, I have no liquid, I have no cash. They say, well, what do you mean? You've got these documents here. You've got these documents that you can use to collect from other people. So you should have to go collect as you being a creditor. And then once you get the money, then you should owe us. So he says, no, 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 those documents are not good because they were just given to me on trust. I never really lent anybody else money. So when he's testifying this, he's hurting somebody else. So if you want to stop testify, then wait a second, then maybe we could be believed. But here, where you're hurting somebody else, we don't believe. Now, that only reason that that's true, and this is important in Lambdas, is that if somebody owes you money and you owe somebody else money, then it says, if the person who owes you owes the person you owe. Therefore, when you're testifying, it's like you're testifying against your own creditor. In other words, again, let's just give some names to make it speak it out. You've got a Reuven, a Shimon, and a Levi. So Reuven definitely lent Shimon money. Shimon owes money to Reuven. Now, Shimon's got these loan documents that potentially say he lent money to Levi and Levi owes him money. The lump this year is that Reuven really can go directly to Levi and say, you owe me money. Because since Levi owes money to Shimon and Shimon owes money to Reuven, so Reuven can go directly to Levi. So when Shimon here is saying, no, 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 you can't do that because the loan documents that say that Levi owes me money are, are you know, they're not real uh, documents because it was given to me in trust, Shimon is not believed. And the Gemara gives us a pax, it's all up. It's like taught us how do I know that if someone has a claim of a mana against his friend, he owes him hundred zuz, but he, he has a friend that has a claim against him. How do we know that we directly take a mana away from the last one and give it directly to the first one? How do we know that the original creditor can collect from the second debtor? How do I know if Reuven lent Shimon money, Shimon lent Levi money, that Reuven can collect from Levi? You give it to the one you're guilty to. Meaning it doesn't say necessarily that you pay the, your creditor. There's a concept in the Torah of paying your creditor's creditor. So therefore, in this case, um, since Reuven would have a direct claim against Levi, so, you're, so Shimon's admission here that he's making is detrimental to his creditor, to, to, to Reuven. Therefore, we're saying Shimon's uh, uh, testimony that the star is no good is not believed. And that's the lump that's here. Really, Hodas, Baldin, Kimei, I mean, when you admit to something, if it's about you and to your detriment, we believe you. But here, where it's also Chav Lachirim, you're hurting your own creditor because your own creditor has the right to collection based upon your star. So then we say that Shimon wouldn't be believed, Stam, to say out of the blue that the, his documents that he has against, is out, about some outstanding debt against Levi are not, are not a good document. We won't, we will dismiss that claim. We will assume it is a good document. And therefore, Reuven retains his right to collect directly from Levi. All right, third interpretation. 
Really, the case is that there are witnesses who are saying that the that the note is written here on trust. And the case is that the handwriting is not verified from another source. So, what was your question then? Why shouldn't they be believed? Remember, what did we learn yesterday? We learned that Adam have a pesha asar. If it wasn't verified without them, they have a pesha asar to say. Now, let's say they signed under duress. We saw that case yesterday where they say, oh, it's our, it's our signatures, but someone held a gun to our head to, and said to sign in this false document. So they, they would be believed there. So why aren't they believed if they say that it was a shtar amana, if they say that it was um, a document that was just given in trust? Says the market of It's like Rav Kana. Tam Rav Kana. Also, a shtar amana is a bad thing. It's forbidden. If you're a creditor, it's actually usher for you to hold such a shtar. Obviously, it's also for you to collect with a false die that was given to you in trust. But more than that, it's forbidden to even have it in your house. You shouldn't have it, something of injustice live together with you. And the idea, the concept is, is that a person can't fully trust themselves. You can't live in the lion's den. If you have such a star that's sitting in your drawer where it's so tempting to just go and, and demand that the, you know, somebody owes you money because of it, because that's what it says in the, in the, in the star, it's forbidden to even hold on to such a thing in your possession. And we can derive from this that if witnesses who sign on such a thing and they later say that what we signed on was a shtar amana, meaning they admit their signatures were real, but they're saying that the shtar was not a good one, they're not going to be believed. My time, because uh, Kivan the Avla, who since such a document is called an injustice, meaning it's, it's an object of Avla, it's considered something bad. There's an assumption that people wouldn't put their signatures on such a document, meaning it's the wrong thing to do. Not only is it wrong for the creditor to hold on to the document, we're taking it a step further now and we're saying, that if you're a witness, then don't put your signature on something unless you know it's true. So meaning to say, what kind of business is this that it, it, to put your signature on something that says Reuven lent Shimon money when you know Reuven didn't lend Shimon money and it's just potentially given in trust that Shimon's going to give to Reuven and hope that Reuven doesn't collect. You shouldn't sign on it. And there's an assumption that they wouldn't do that. And, and the idea is that it's self-incriminating testimony now. It, when you say, I signed it, but it's only Sharmana, you're basically saying, I did the wrong thing. And we learned yesterday, Pesha Asar has its limitation. Yes, it's true, Pesha Asar or Pesha Hitir. But Pesha Asar or Pesha Hitir is only true if it's something that's a story that we can believe. Here, if it's a story to say that you signed the Avla, we're not going to believe. So yesterday we learned that you have Pesha Asar to say that it was we're in under duress, but that's okay because the idea that we said yesterday, the case is you said someone held a gun to my head. So that's not saying I did something wrong. That's not self-incriminating. But today where you're saying, you know, oh, I signed on a Sharamana, that's an incriminating, self-incriminating testimony. And therefore, there is no Pesha Asar. Continues the Gemara. Amar of Yeshua ben Levi. Another type of thing. You're not allowed to hold on to a note, a star that was already paid up. So this is different here. Here Reuben lent Shimon the money. Shimon paid it back. So normally what do you do? You rip up the star or whatever it is. But here, for whatever reason, that didn't happen. And Reuben's still holding on to the star. That's forbidden. It's forbidden to hold on to a star which was where the loan was already paid up. Don't hold on to the injustice inside of your intent. Again, it's too tempting to sin. Continues the Gemara in the West, and it's the same in the name of Rav. I'm going to be al-Tarachikeu. When the Pasik says, if you have an oven in your hand, some sort of sin in your hand, put it, put it away. So what is that? That's a document written on trust or one that was written on Pasim. Pasim means to persuade somebody. In other words, it was like, um, it's like you want to appear like a really rich person. So what do you do? You hold on to many, many, many notes that people owe you money. You didn't actually lend them money. But it gives you a reputation in, 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 you know, in, the, in the city that you've lent people money. Now, in order to do that, you got to have people who trust you. 
because without that, right, they're vulnerable, you're going to collect because you're holding it. So it's a star possum. It's very similar to star amana. Just here, it's, it's coming from the angle of the creditor. So a person shouldn't have such a thing. So basically, we're saying there are different types of things. One is called injustice, and now one is called like a, a perverse type of document. One lashon is, is, is avla, and one is the lashon is oven. And the difference is, one was bad from the beginning. The star of amana and possum from the very outset were, fa- were false. So those are called oven. Avla means it turned into something that was bad, and that's the Shtar Perua. So either way, you don't, you don't do that. So now the Gemara says, According to Yibushu and Levi that we're talking about, that the, the, the injustice is the one that was paid up, then obviously a document written on trust would be categorized as bad as well. But the one who said, He might say that a paid-up document is not called an injustice. There is justification for the lender to hold it. Why might he hold it? He might hold it as collateral for the payment for who paid the scribe to write to write it. What does that mean? What is the law? Who has to pay the scribe to write the loan document? Is that on the, is that, who, is that come from the Malva's money or the Lova's money? Who pays the scribe? So the law is that the Lova pays the scribe because he's the one who needs it, right? Who needs the loan document? The Lova. The Lova needs the loan. So therefore, we say that he should be paid, he should pay. But what if he didn't have money? Look, obviously he doesn't have money. So the Malva said, I'll lay out the money for you. But he didn't pay him back yet. So now, but maybe he did pay him back for the actual loan, but he didn't pay him back for the amount of money that was charged by the scribe for the writing. So what could he do? The Malva is entitled to hold on to the loan document as collateral. It's like a threat that looms over the Lova. Be careful to go pay him back a little bit of money that, that, that it costs to go, to go, to go pay back the, the sofer, because otherwise, look, you're vulnerable. He's holding the, the whole loan document. Obviously, it'd be totally wrong for him to go collect again with the loan document. That's obviously forbidden. But the point is that it's a threat. It's a valid collateral that he can hold over him. So therefore, it's not necessarily considered to be uh, so, so, so wrong. Okay. Now, the, the question, obviously, is where it's, are you allowed to do that? Are you allowed to, allowed, allowed to hold a collateral that's worth much more than the amount of money that somebody owes you right now? That we shouldn't talk about that. Is that permitted? Is that not permitted? The Gemara is saying it's not an injustice because the Malva is holding it as collateral for the amount of money that he owes him for, for paying the chauffeur. What if it's, you know, the loan document is $100 and the, and the fee for the scribe is $2? So that's what we've shown him discuss here. Now the Gemara continues more. Itmar, Sefer She'enu Muga. Let's say you have a Sefer, like, a, you know, a Sefer Tire or something like that. But it hasn't been corrected, meaning that it, it, it hasn't been edited. So there, inevitably there are some mistakes here. Amr of Ami, For 30 days you're allowed to keep it around. It's usher to have such a Sefer Tire in your possession. So we take this very different context here. So we say that it shouldn't live with you. What's the shot? Because you can make many mistakes if you're learning Torah, if you might be tempted to be learning Torah from a Sefer Torah which has mistakes. And again, in those days where the main basis of learning was through the sifarim that they had and everything was based on that. If there was a mistake, it could have uh, grave ramifications. So we want to make sure that you don't even have it around. So just like you don't have a document that's fake, so too you can't have a sacred Torah that has mistakes in it. All right, now the Gemara gets back into some of these Pesha or what cases the Edom are believed and what cases they are not. So the Gemara says, Omar of Nach, witnesses who signed, and then they said, but by the way, what we signed on, it was a document of trust. In Ammonim. They are not believed. And what's the idea? Um, the idea is, 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 is that since it was illegal to sign on it, as we spoke about a little bit before, so the testimony that they signed in Ashtar Amana is self-incriminating. So even if they have a Pesha Asar, they are not necessarily believed. What if they say, If they say that, the, yes, it was we, our signatures, but it was a Moda. What's a Moda? Moda is where the owner 
actually notified us before that it wasn't real. Meaning they testified that before they signed, the owner demonstrated to them that he was being forced to sell what he was selling and that he didn't want it to be effective. Meaning he made a declaration or a certain gesture or whatever it is that this sale that I'm selling, let's say a, a sale that says, you know, I'm selling you this property. But the owner of the current real estate of the property, before, he, before the document and the Kenyan and everything took place, he told the witnesses, I'm being forced to do this under duress. I have no choice. I don't actually legally want to sell. So what they're saying, in, in, essentially, is that the sale didn't go through. So on the one hand, they're verifying that their signatures are real. But they're also saying that the guy said, Moda, that it was a Moda. He gave us a notification that he gave us an, a, a, a sign that he didn't really want to sell and he was just doing this under duress. So are they believed or not? So it says, they are not believed, even though they have a Pesha Asar. So why not? What's the shot? Here, it's not self-incriminating. There's no, there's no crime. Is there a crime in, 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 in signing on a star when before there was a, uh, there, there was a modah? That's not, because actually they're helping the guy out. Obviously, he was in a, a tough predicament where he was being forced to sell the real estate against his will. So they, 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 it might have been dangerous for him or something if, he didn't, if they wouldn't have signed. So they didn't do something wrong by doing that. But still, they're not believed. So it's a fascinating thing why, why it's not. Once they concede... That they that that they sign, then we we say we we say we say that the the, the the testimony that they signed already is is, is is known to the court. It's as if we know the sale went through. So now an independent testimony that it was not good because it was a moda, they are not believed. But the problem is, why is it different than our mission? Right? The Gemara is just telling us this halacha is a fact. Adam who say that this bill of sale was good. But by the way, in other words, they say our signatures were good. But by the way, the guy told us right before he was selling it, he was selling it on the duress and he didn't really have intent to sell it. They are not believed, even though the witnesses' signatures are not authenticated from another source. So what's shot? Why don't we say Pesha Asar or Pesha Hitzer? Why is that different in this case? It's not self-incriminating. So why is it different than the case of the mission where the witnesses say this is our signatures, but, but they say it was only made... Um, we, we only did it because someone put a gun to our head. There they are believed. And what, is, what, is the, what, what in the world is the difference? So it seems, and this is, this is a, a, a different idea, is that one is saying my, that there's like an internal contradiction in what I signed, and one is saying there's an outside force that's saying that it's not valid. In the case of our Mishnah, they're saying, yes, it's true, it is my signature, but my signature was made because a gun was to my head. So the two statements, like, are one, they go together, they combine. The Pesha Asura Pesha Hitzir flows and says, this isn't really a valid signature. The, technically, it's my, it's, my, it's my John Hancock, 100%, technically, it's my handwriting. But if I signed because someone put a gun to my head, then that's not, that's not, that's not a signature on a loan. That's nothing. So therefore, Pesha Asura Pesha Hitzir, we take on what the Edom are saying. We, that, that could override the star. But here, it's a little bit different. It's very subtle, but in this case, they're saying we signed and there was a valid mechira, there was a Kenyan, there was a document, everything is good. But they're testifying to another fact. They're testifying to another fact from the outside. What's the other fact from the outside? That before the loan document, before the, before the star, before everything in the mechira went through, we were notified by the seller that he didn't have intent. So that's not really undermining their very signature. That's not what it is. They're testifying to a new point that there's something that can break the mechira. There's a new testimony that there wasn't true intent to, to sell. So that can't necessarily break the power of the star. That's very very lumdish a point where Pesha Asar can, 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 is, is limited. What? Exactly. 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 That's exactly lumdish. That's exactly lumdish. So even though they have a Pesha Asar by Moda, but the, still the Pesha Asar can't be believed because the first part that you're saying the Pesha Asar validates the star. The Pesha Hitir is not on the star. The Pesha Asar the is on the star, but the Pesha Hitir is talking about the Amana. So therefore it can't be believed to mess up what the star wants. 
Once this is known, this is known to us. Masha Inkin in the mission of the Pshat is the Pesha Itir is saying that our signature was done under duress and therefore the signature wasn't good and therefore they would have a Pesha Asar in the mission. Now the Gemara says not everybody agrees to this. This is what we're saying. If they said that we signed on a document of trust, they're not believed because they're self incriminating and that's why we said Pesha Asar is not believed. But if they said that, 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 like we said, on a bill of sale, that it was preceded by a notification from the owner and he didn't want to sell it, then they are believed. My time, what is the di- di- distinction between the two cases? Hi, it's in the Kasset. The case of the Shtar, the Shtar, the Shtar Moda is permitted to be written, meaning if you're the witness in that situation, the guy tells you, by the way, I really don't want to sell this, but Lamaisa, I'm in a tough bind, can you help just sign but testify later? They're allowed to do that. They're not doing something wrong by doing that. They're helping him get out of his bind, and they'll testify later that it was a Shtar, that it was a Moda, and that's fine. So they're not doing something, something self-incriminating. It's not self-incriminating to have Pasha Asar. But but the one that was Shtar Mona is not allowed to be written, so it's self-incriminating, therefore there's no Pesha Asar. So this second opinion doesn't buy the lumdus of the first opinion that Pesha Asar is not believed when it's not both on the loan document. He says otherwise. He says the Pesha Asar is believed by the Shtar Moda. The only case where there's no Pesha Asar is the Shtar Amana, and that case is different because that's self-incriminating because it's forbidden. It's not, it's the loan eating the Kasev is not allowed to be written down for the outside. So in summary, if the witnesses say in the Mishnah it's our signatures, but we were forced to sign, there clearly there is a Pesha Asar. That's a Mishnah. If they say that they did something wrong when they signed, like they say that we were bribed by money, as we learned yesterday, or today where we learned that they signed an Ashtar Amana, which is forbidden to sign on, Pesha Asar is not believed. The dispute that we have in front of us is where they was on a, a, a bill of sale and they say, this is our signature, but the owner had made an indication to us before that he was underselling it on his arrest and we're testifying to that point and therefore the sale really isn't valid. That is a dispute if Pesha Asar is believed for that. Now the Gemara brings in another similar question. What if the witnesses say, yes, it's our signature, but everything that was written here, there was another stipulation which wasn't fulfilled, meaning they authenticated, but they say that there was a condition that the seller agreed to. Um, he said that they, you know, they made a tenai, some sort of condition that I'm only selling to you if such and such a thing happened. And they say, we don't know if it, it was fulfilled. So there was a document that says Ruven selling the piece of real estate to Shimon, but they say, by the way, it might not be in the star, but there was an oral stipulation which was made between them, which was that the sales only bind the face of Shimon, I don't know, would, uh, would, would, would do 10 jumping jacks the next day. And we don't know if that was fulfilled. So they bring that point in, and it's very interesting because it's not in the star at all. They're really bringing in new information out of left field to kind of break up and undermine what the star is saying. The star says, Ruben sells Shimon. Come along the Shimon and the witnesses and say, this is a good star. But by the way, you should know there was an outside tonight which might, which might break it. So the question is, is there, is there a, a, uh, a Pesha Asar in this case? And the, what's basically the question is, is that in the previous cases, you're kind of retracting your testimony on some point, but the question through your Pesha Asar, and then maybe you're not believed to say that because you're retracting your testimony on some level. In the case of Moda or Amana, you're saying it's good, but oh, I'm retracting that it happened. But I could say, this the case is different. Why? Moda, the reason they're not believed is because if they're telling us in the previous two cases that there was a Moda or Amana, the reason they're not believed is because they're, they're like revoking the whole document because they're contradicting what the document says. So once 
once it was established, once it was established, and 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 then the Pasha Asr can't be used to make new testimony. So I could say the same thing. I could say the same thing here, that it's like they're revoking the document. The document seems to say unequivocally Reuven sold Shimon the, 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 the piece of, of real estate. Now the witnesses are adding a new point that there was a tenai that may have been unfulfilled and therefore it doesn't go through. So that's like going against their testimony. The testimony in the Shtar seems to be saying everything's good. The Pasha Asr here is saying... No, you should believe that there was some sort of uh, there was some sort of outside tenai going on. We should say no. Once you sign, then the signature already says to us that there was a sale unequivocally. You're trying to revoke that. You're trying to really retract what your signature says. And again, that's the key. Even if you have a pesha officer, but you got to worry about that point. Are you retracting the testimony that was told to the court? So if the court already hears that the document is good, and now you're bringing an outside factor that it was moda, you're not believed as we said in that view. So so to hear, you shouldn't be believed to say that there was a new tenai because that will be. Re- basically retracting your testimony. Or, a stipulation is considered a different point. A stipulation is not revoking what the document said. A stipulation is an outside factor. And now we're saying a very lumdish point. Tanai is different than moda. Moda may not be in the star, but think about what moda is. It's saying that the sale that we're going to say is right is not right. Right, the guy notifies before I sell, right before I sell, we're going to make a document, we're going to go through the Kenyan everything, but I'm not really doing it. So it's, it's, it's a direct contradiction. So what basically it's saying is that the star says there was a sale, and now you're testifying through a pesha asr, you're trying to get out that, the, 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 you're trying to get out the point, really there was no sale. So therefore, no, that's a retraction. You can't do that, even though it's a pesha asr, but we, we can't do that as we spoke out. But here, tonight is mosachriti. Tonight is something completely on the outside. I Meaning it's not retraction, I'm adding. Really, there was a sale. Really, my signature is good. I'm adding that there also was a stipulation. So if it's not good, it's not pshat the star is no good. It's not pshat the, 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 the sale was no good. It's not pshat the kinyan was no good. I'm pshat is the tenai had the power from the outside to break it. So it's not considered a retraction. And if it's not considered a retraction, then we don't really need the pesha officer. It's not the witnesses can be believed to add this new point that there was a tenai. So the Gemara is throwing at us alumnus. Tenai breaking the mechira might be different. So Amalei said to Rabbi, he also... Let's look how Monad, you know, when the buyer, whenever a buyer comes to us for judgment and he has the document and the witnesses say that there was a Tanai, Amin on the who, we tell the buyers, go fulfill your stipulations and only then come. Because basically we're saying that if you're not Makai the Tanai, then there's going to be a problem. The witnesses are going to be believed. So, so if the witnesses, the witnesses are going to be believed to say that there was a Tanai, so therefore you better make sure that all your testimony is believed. Now, the big question that the Rishonim struggle with is that once we're coming out here, that the witnesses are believed to say there was a stipulation because they're not being okay, they're, starting, they're not uprooting it, they're just adding a new point. Is that true even without a Pasha Asar? Meaning, let's say their signatures were authenticated through a different source, and we know the loan document is good, and the loan document didn't say a stipulation. Are the two witnesses never to say, by the way, there was an unknown, there was a new stipulation out from the outside? So Lemaise, so the Rishonim, trying to say that you need, you need the Pesha Asar, which is a little tough how to balance it. It's with the Pesha Asar, but on the other hand, it's only... It's not the Right, why can't it be separate aid? That's exactly what, what I'm struggling with is doing this. It's like a, without the Pesha Asar, uh, we wouldn't believe it, but when it's together with it, then we'll put it. Well, it doesn't, right? And that's, that's the problem. So that's a tough point here. Why, 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 Lamaisa, at the end of the day, would we say we need Pesha Asar to see the Rishonim a little better? I understand. Right, I think the point is that the way I see it is like a little difficult like this. Like their signatures, they themselves led on, lend, lend up to believe that there was no. Tonight, because they wrote the star without any, they didn't put the, 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 the Tanai in. So it's hard for us to take on what they're saying now without seeing a reason to believe them. But at the same time, if we have the reason to believe them and there is a Pesha Asar, we're not going to say, oh, you already told us otherwise. And that's why it's a difficult balance. When there is a Pesha Asar, we would believe them. Can the seller say, I'm 
Normally, no. We wouldn't believe him. We wouldn't believe him. But here he's got the... Wi- yes. Yes. Yeah. Which Dharamah? Which, 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 which one? Oh, Moda. Shtaramada. Yeah. All right. Says the Gemara, Yidomar tonight, Yidomar Eno tonight. Let's say one witness said that it was a stipulation. And, and, and the, a different one aid, the other witness says it was not under stipulation. Was, we just came, that we just came out with halacha that if they authenticate their signatures and they say that there was a stipulation that may have been unfulfilled, we believe them. What if it's only one? Right? In other words, each one is saying the signature. One of them is saying that there was a, stipula- a stipulation. And the other one says, I don't know anything about no stipulations. So, he, 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 so here's, here's what's going on. He's in, he, one is saying yes and one is saying no. So what do we do? Now, it's just an important thing. He's not necessarily saying the guy's a liar. He's just saying, I wasn't told about it. So what do we say? They're both testifying about a good document that has no stipulation, meaning both of them agree that the document itself is good and signed and there was no stipulation. So the, the one who, there's, it comes out, there's one, it's basically like one guy telling us that there's a stipulation. So the words of one witness are not believed against two witnesses. What does it mean against two witnesses? Because their own words are saying that the star is a good star. The star now seems like it's a valid document. So basically, at comma, it's a valid document, then we can't believe one guy to say it's a Tanai. If they both would say it's a Tanai, well, what would we say? We would say through the power of Pesha Asai, they're only authenticating it with the Tanai, then they could be believed. But once it's only one, we're going to say you're basically like one against two because Akama, you and the other guy believe the star is good. So the star specifies that it seems that it's good. You're just trying, you're just trying to say a stipulation it's not good. But the Gemara doesn't buy that. If you're going to say that, that basically, it's like going up against both witnesses, including yourself, by saying it's a Tanai. So I feel the trial now. So even if both of them are saying that there was a stipulation, they shouldn't be believed because once they concede they sign and then the note is machma there was no stipulation then it should be going we should be saying it's going against their earlier testimony it's like a retraction so why El Amino must be what do we say I mean no it's one big statement yes it's true that, 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 that we signed but there was a there was a tonight and therefore they're being okay their original Eidos so it's not retracting so this one guy who says that there is a tonight he's removing his original testimony he's not one against two he, 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 in the very breath that he says I I signed this and this is my signature he's telling us there was a stipulation so he what he's saying is basically we have we're forced to either accept everything he's saying or not to view it as being a verified star so it doesn't make a difference that the other witness isn't is saying i don't have any knowledge of the stipulation at the end of the day even without the other witness saying i have knowledge of the stipulation but we don't have two witnesses verifying the star so we're saying that the pesha also could be isolated even on that one guy on the one witness who says that there was a Tanai, we're going to believe it's to take on his Pasha Asar, and therefore we can't view the Shtar as being authenticated through his testimony. It looks like Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Shua, we pass him like him, that the one, um, that the one who was saying there was a stipulation is believed, and it doesn't make a difference, it doesn't make a difference that the other guy doesn't back up what he's saying. Even just one of the witnesses saying that there was a Tanai, he's going to mess up the authentication, and the guy, the creditor, cannot collect based upon it until he will verify the signatures from some other source.